No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Hello, welcome back to This Is Not A Backup Plan. I am so glad you're here. I get so excited when I think about the fact that there are listeners that come back each week to listen to my podcast and that I get to share my thoughts with you. I love doing these interviews. I love getting to know people. I love getting to ask questions. I hear so many different stories and different perspectives that are so interesting to me, and I am really glad that there are people that want to hear those conversations as well. This weekend, I went to Moab in Southern Utah with my dad and with one of my siblings, and we had a very nice time. It was one of the colder times that we've been. There was a lot of snow on the ground, but the snow against the Red Rock is such a pretty, such a unique desert phenomenon that I really love. The contrast of the colors is really nice, and the snow makes the colors of the Red Rock just that much more impressive. It feels like it's officially winter, even though that's not true. There is still some fall left, and I'm reminding myself of that. I don't love, I've said this so many times, I really, really hate the short days that happen in the winter, but I do really love the cozy time. And like I said, I think a few weeks ago, I got stars from Ikea that I've been every year telling myself, no, it's too expensive to do. And I finally did it this year. And it makes a huge difference to have just like very pretty seasonal cozy lighting in my house. As the holidays are coming up and as the year is ending, things are going to slow down on the podcast feed a little bit. There'll be this week's episode, and then I have another fun interview that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. Then my plan is to do a solo episode and a holiday season-specific episode. I'm not quite sure what the order of these next episodes will be, but I have three episodes planned for the end of the year. And I'm planning on doing them every other week. So I'll be back in two weeks, then back in another two weeks, then back in another two weeks. And that's how I plan on ending 2022. And I'll be back the first or second week of January with some new episodes, some kind of more educational content, I think a little bit. I think it'd be really fun to start out the new year with like some just practical advice, like financial planning, medical directives, just like very useful things and hopefully some concrete things that could be some simple goals to get you started in the new year. I think it's really fun to set goals in the new year, sometimes kind of overwhelming, but maybe some of the best goals to set are ones that you can like check a box and just do a good thing that you should have done for a long time and that you've not done. So three more episodes, four more episodes before the year ends, including this episode, and then back in January with usual programming, probably every week. So this week's guest is Becky Smith. I found her through her podcast, Hey, I Like You, and she is a young adult in her late 20s living in Canada. And she posted on Instagram this summer that she bought a bike and it made it the best summer of her life because she was connecting with something she had loved to do when she was a kid. So I just wanted to know what that was like. I wanted to know what had made it such a good summer. And I wanted to know more about how she connected with her inner child. So enjoy this interview with Becky Smith. 
Welcome to the podcast, Becky. I am so excited to chat with you. Before we get started, will you take a minute to introduce yourself? Yeah. Okay. I'd love to. Yeah. My name's Becky. I think we've connected loosely in the great wide world of Instagram because about almost two years ago, I started my little passion project, which was a podcast as well. I did the Hey, I Like You podcast. And I'm trying not to speak about it in the past tense. I very much still want to be doing it, but it has just been really difficult to find the time. So I'm Becky. You can find me or listen to me ramble on the Hey, I Like You podcast. I am Canadian. And as of April of 2022, I gesture backwards because I'm like a teacher now. And so I'm like, oh, this is the new academic year. So I'm like, last year I graduated, but it's all still the same year. So I am now a substitute teacher and I hang out every day with anyone from the ages of six to 16. And it's been a wild ride. It's been a wild couple of months, but that's me in a nutshell. Canadian teacher, wannabe podcaster. Oh, I love that so much. So your podcast, Hey, I Like You, is very fun. I've listened to a few episodes and when I listened, I was like, she'd be such a fun guest. A few weeks on Inst- ago on Instagram, you posted that this summer was one of the best summers because you got a bicycle and it was something that you had enjoyed when you were younger. And I thought, I want to hear about why that was the best summer. I want to hear about what made it so good. I want to hear about what you did, why you decided to get a bike. So let's start there. Why was it that you decided to get a bike this summer? Okay. Excellent question to start it off. I'm not exactly sure why. For clarity, I'm 28. I'm almost 29. And the last time I owned a bike that was my own, I was probably in grade eight. And so I would have been like 12 or 13. So it has been a long time coming since I've owned a bike and I've been able to ride around on a bike. And I don't know, I can't genuinely pinpoint the moment this summer that I decided to. I think it's because like not all great things, but some great things in our lives. There was a boy and he was talking about like his passion for biking and like all the cool trails he would explore. And I was like, oh, like that sounds fun. Not really to do with you, but like I want to just do that on my own. (laughs) And so I think as much as I hate to give credit to a man in this situation, I think he planted the seed. And then I was at Costco and it was fortuitous and they were cheap. And so I bought it. And then without like intentionally setting out for this to be like the summer of inner child it became the summer of the inner child I've heard a lot of like different talk and like different theories about like healing your inner child and like nurturing your inner child and I like to imagine myself as one foot in granola camp but one foot out and so I haven't ever felt as though I like totally bought into that concept I was like cool that works for some people but like not necessarily for me And then the summer I bought a bike and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what people say when they say their inner child is like healing, like just the joy. Oh my gosh. I don't know how to describe it, Maddie. It was just like instant joy. And I was out on that bike as often as I could. I learned how to like take the front wheel off so I could throw it in my car so I could drive to a park and find nicer trails. Like it was just without meaning to, I was like, okay. I'm so happy. And then I just started making like conscious decisions that I could continue to buy into that happiness of like healing, I guess, the inner child or like paying attention to it. And it was amazing. It was the best summer ever. Okay. I love that so much. So tell me then, like you said, like when you got the bike, it like was really tapping into your inner child. Like how did that manifest for you? Like what were the ways that you were seeing that and connect with that for you? 
I love that question. Okay. So when I had a bike back in grade eight, when I was like 12 or 13, I, sidebar, we're a military family. So we moved around a lot. And so that point in my life, I was living in Ottawa, the capital of Canada. And my next door neighbor, I love her to death. We're still in touch to this day. Her and I would go biking almost every single day. And we had a little group. And so we'd like bike around the neighborhood and like pick up a friend and like go to the next friend's house and pick up that friend. It was straight out of the movies. We would have like upwards of like 10 to 15 kids. And we just biked as this like, my parents called us the biker gang. And we just tore up the neighborhood. And we would bike from like as soon as school got out in June, we'd bike all summer long. And then when school started up again, we'd bike from like 3.30 to like 9 p.m. Like we wouldn't come home for, we would just bike and we'd stop at a park and we'd hang out and we'd get back on. And so that was really fun. And then I moved to the other side of the country. I didn't have a bike anymore. Didn't have friends that were next door neighbors with me anymore. And those things just fell into my past and I never thought about them. I genuinely never thought about that joy. And then this summer when I got the bike, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like I'm 12 again. And I had a friend who lived a neighborhood over from me. And so I biked over to her house. And then I was a little like timid about biking on city streets because as a kid, it was like in cul-de-sacs and it's like super suburban neighborhoods. And so I was like, hey, do you want to go biking with me around Edmonton? But I'm like scared of the city. So you have to lead me. <laughs> so I would like bike with friends. And it was like the grown up version of that biker gang, much smaller. There was only ever three of us this summer, but it was just like all the elements of my childhood that were so enriching and so fun that I was like really easy and really quickly let go of as I grew up, but like stepping back into them. And it was like, nothing had changed. The people, like the main characters had changed, but like the feelings were uh, all the same. Like the wind in your hair, it never gets old. It's so fun. I love that so much. So I love that it was like you were biking with friends again and then spending a lot of time outside, which were things that like you'd really loved when you were younger and like are just good for people in general. Were there other feelings that brought back or other things you like started wanting to do again just because you were remembering your younger self? I feel like for me, like in terms of like younger me, that was like that was my main fixture this summer was the biking. I feel like all of us are on some journey of like self-love and self-discovery. And I've talked about this like on my own podcast and I've shared this on my Instagram pages, but like body image is something I struggle with and have issue with. And so without realizing it in the moment, but now reflecting on it because of your question, those years, grade seven and eight, when I was biking that much, were also the first years. Wow, this is all hitting me when I think about it. Those are the first years that I started to feel as like my body was like different or like bigger than, or I was like larger than my classmates or like my cute friends. And so as, as like incredible as those years were for like fun and joy, they were also like the years where I started to like critique and pick myself apart. And so this summer, what I loved and a lot of thoughts I had while biking was like, I'm so glad I found movement that makes me happy because as I've gotten older, I have developed I've had positive and negative experiences with exercise. And I feel like in the past year or two, I've been on a pretty positive upswing, which has been great. But I can fall into these vicious cycles of you have to work out every single day. If you don't work out every single day, you're worthless. (laughs) And then when I have those thoughts, I'm like, okay, we're not going to work out for three days. We're going to take it easy. We're going to focus on healing the, not even like the inner child, but just like healing our soul. Um, And then I'll get back into it. But what I loved about biking is it never, my crazy, sometimes toxic exercise brain never viewed it as exercise. It only existed squarely in the place of my like joy 
And I loved that because I'd get on the bike and I'd be out with my friend, um, especially like I have a friend Hannah and her and I would bike a lot this summer. And every time in my head, I just kept being like, this movement is so joyful. This movement is so fun. And then I come home from it. I was like, oh my gosh, I was just out for hours and it was fun. And like, it never, I never saw myself like quantifying the distance or the time or the heart rate burn. I was like, it was just fun. So it's interesting to see like parts of my childhood in that same time where like I was healing the inner child and enjoying biking. Those are also the parts when I was like picking myself apart. But now as an adult, I was able to like just find joy. And so it was like a interesting reverse image, mirror image experiment. That's a really powerful act of reclamation to like claim an act of like movement and an act of something that you're doing with your body as for joy and mm-hmm. not for the purpose of fitting into a preconscribed box that you've been given. That's yeah. really powerful. Yeah. And it felt it like I just every time I was out and I think I even made it like a reel on Instagram one point because I was like, everyone needs to find a form of movement that sparks joy. Because there was no, you have to do it for this long. I just was like, I know if I get on a bike today, I'm going to come home so much happier. So I'm just going to go get on a bike or I'd get home from work. And normally it's like hard for me, hard for me to exercise. And I know this isn't a podcast to talk about exercise, but there was one day it was sunny out and it was beautiful. And I was like, I'm going to load my bike up in my car and I'm going to drive 20 minutes and I'm going to put my bike together and I'm going to go for a bike because it's beautiful and it's sunny and the sun's going to set and I can have my music playing. And I was like giddy at the idea of doing all of this extra work because I knew that the reward, the bike ride would just be like indescribable joy. And it was. (laughs) And I just like, as you're sharing this, like you said, like this connected you with friends. It was something you were doing. It also sounds like something that you were really happy to do by yourself. And when you're a single woman, like whether you're living alone or with roommates, like sometimes your life gets a little bit boring or a little bit lonely and like you can get into like really specific routines like you go to work and you come home and you're not really seeing people or maybe there's not a draw to go out especially if you're new to a place and so like an activity like that that's like something that you can just do in whatever time you have that is fun to be with you doing has a lot of value Mm -hmm. 100% and like I said like I am a very anxious person. I'm coming to learn that in my old age. I feel like as kids, we had zero fear. And I still have a lot of confidence, but I have a lot of anxiety. (laughs) So anytime I try something new, and rather than I can be like, I'm totally going to ace this. But if I don't ace this, this might go wrong, and this might go wrong, and this might go wrong. And so I started to think about all the things that could happen. And so one of those days I was biking with the guy that told me to buy a bike. I was like, that's a really good idea. I'm going to do it. But not because you told me to but I'm glad you told me to because I'm doing it for myself. And so one day he was like, hey, do you want to go for a bike ride? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so we ended up doing this like crazy huge loop that took us through like ravines and parks and downtown and everything. And at the end, I was like, I'm so glad we did this. He's like, yeah, we should do it again. I was like, no, I'm really glad we did this because now I can do it alone. Like I'm, I've done it once with a friend and now I'm confident I can do this by myself next week. And I, I think he was like a little shocked that I was like, thanks. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> but I was like, I find him someone I'm like, I need my hand held once and then I'm good to go. And sure enough, I was like, okay, bye. I don't need to bike with you anymore. <laughs> Showed me how to do it. So yes, I think it's, it was definitely powerful to like have something that I knew I could do on my own, sometimes with someone once, but do on my own and just have limitless amounts of like 
joy and pleasure come from it? Biking. Like, who knew? It still feels so funny to me that this happened, but it did. It's just such a good surprise. And I just I just love that for you. It's nice to be like, no, like this is a thing that I don't need help with. This is my thing. I don't have to wait for any anyone else because sometimes I try really hard to take care of myself. But sometimes I feel like, oh, like if I lived with someone who was like a partner or something, this task would be so much easier. Doing it alone sucks. So having things that it's like, this is a joy to do alone is really valuable. Yeah, it's funny that you say exactly that, like living with a partner and task X could be easier because as much as like of a high as biking this summer was for me, I also moved this summer and I moved in with roommates and I love them. But it. I did the move, I moved myself on my own. And it was probably the the hardest week of the summer for those exact reasons. I was like, if only I had a partner. If only I was moving into a house with a partner. If only I had a house to share with someone instead of four friends. And so I was being really, not hard on myself, but I think I was just really upset with my position in life. And lo and behold, what made me feel better? Biking. <laughs> yeah, I totally well, understand. And- and I don't know if you like enjoy history or anything, but I really love suffrage history. And the bicycle was like very important to like women's liberation because it allowed women to have freedom of movement that they hadn't had before. And so I just love the idea that like modernly, like when like, yes, you could move across the country, but there's still things that are hard about being on your own. This gave you like freedom of movement, like into your own joy and into claiming mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a whirlwind and I'm a little sad because... On my last bike ride, my bike broke and I bought it from Costco and in Canada, winter normally comes early. Like we've normally had snow at this point in the year. So I was like, you know what? It might be a little dishonest, but I'm just going to return this to Costco (laughs) because winter is coming and then winter hasn't come and I don't have my bike anymore. (laughs) And I like really need winter to come because all of these beautiful days, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just go on a walk. But my bike was so much more fun. So I've made plans. I was chatting with my mom. She's a Facebook marketplace like hound. And every day she like sends me five new bikes. She's like, hey, go test drive these. And so I'm like, okay, I will. Because I'm like, as long as there's not snow on the ground, I will have a new bike in my possession. But it's just been without meaning to and without planning on it, like such an immense vessel for joy that I never saw coming. And I wouldn't have ever expected ever in a million years. And as someone that is a warrior, also, <laughs> I when I look at the future, sometimes I think I feel like I can expect what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'll get older and like this will happen or this will happen. And I worry too, like, oh, like this will go wrong or this will go wrong. And I forget that there are all sorts of surprises that are also good, that the future is full of good surprises. And so to stumble upon one feels like a confirmation that the world is also a very good place. It's not just a very scary place. Totally. I love Rosie Card. I feel like because you're in, from Utah, right? So I feel like that's a name. That's I lo- Rosie Card was my first guest on my podcast. I also love Rosie Card. <laughs> Excellent. So I love her and I use her as like a guideline for a lot of my like panic thoughts because she has said a couple of times that like if you're going to allow the pendulum to swing that far to bad, you have to allow it to swing that far good. Like as much as you can assume everything's going to go wrong, you have to give equal allowance to everything to go right. And I'm not great at doing that for myself, but I'm really great at reminding my friends to think that way. And so just having that thought of the world is not an evil place because just as much as there's bad, there's good. And we have to make sure we're allowing like both to exist. And I'm like, okay, that's a really good reminder for how I panic and allow myself to get anxious. 
beyond biking, did biking and remembering who you were when you were younger, are there any other things that you tried or that you did for nostalgia's sake or that you're like, oh, if I'm having so much fun doing this, I might like doing this again? I'm trying to think. It was a busy summer for me between graduating and working. I work at a, I have a lot of jobs. Uh, So I had a summer job and then I was like just trying to save some money, but I went swimming this summer. And honestly, anyone who knows me knows that swimming for me is my number one solution to everything. If I'm in water, I'm okay. And so where I live in Canada, Alberta is not known for having clean water. It's known for having glacier fed water, but you can't really swim and relax in glacier fed (laughs) water. And so at one point I did take a trip with a friend down to like a a nearby city, Calgary. And on the way back up, we stopped at a lake, which is like the one clean lake nearby. And they were kind of like anxious to get back on the road and get back home. And I was like, no, let's just swim. Like swimming, it's so healing. I love swimming. And so I wish beyond hope, like dreams could imagine that I was able to do more swimming and being able to like be in clean, not glacier water more often. Cause I find that to be like my happiest place. Cause when I think about like my childhood, like I said, being a military family, we moved around a ton. Um, and for the most part, I always had a bike, but when you spent some pretty, pretty formative years living overseas and the housing complex, whatever you call it, that we lived in actually had a pool. And so every summer, all summer, we would bike to the pool, swim from basically as soon as it opened at like 9am till it closed at like 10pm and then bike home. And so like biking and swimming go hand in hand for me when I think about my childhood. So I did a little bit of swimming, but I did not do nearly enough to really tap into the inner child. I love that. I've been trying to swim some more too this year because it's something that just has always made me really happy. But sometimes I feel like it's a lot of work, so I don't do it. I'm curious. So I've noticed myself since the pandemic, like really like wanting to do the things that I did when I was younger, like things that feel simpler, things that like feel less complicated or like just want to watch I feel like someone said they're like I just want to watch nice things watch like nice shows watch movies you liked when you're younger I loved my American Girl doll when I was younger and like since the pandemic I like got my doll back out and I like found my doll a friend on Facebook marketplace and it's just like this thing that I was like I forgot that I loved like picking out outfits or like making clothes and it's just been lovely because it's not something you can monetize it's not something just in this world that we're in. So I wonder, do you feel like the pandemic or anything fed into your desire to like remember who you were before? I think it did. I, during the pandemic and during the thick of it, during its like busiest time, I am my mother's daughter. And we joke that my mom is always trying to put 10 pounds of potatoes in a five pound sack. Like she never stops moving ever. And so in the thick of the pandemic, I had a pretty extensive church calling and then I was like oh if university's gone online and everything's closed and there's nowhere I can work why don't I just do university online so I basically was just in school year round for two years so I could so like four-year degree in two years while working at church and things and so I found the pandemic to be like just almost passed in a blur because I was like there wasn't really any time for me to stop And now as it's ended and life's gone back to normal, I guess, I think I just find myself like glorying in like the stillness. And so I've, I joke that I am my mother's daughter, but I also am my father's daughter. And so I enjoy relaxing. (laughs) And now that I can, like, I don't have the church calling. I'm finally graduated. I have my own time in the evenings. And so I find if anything, I just 
relax and I look forward to doing very little like busyness. And I think, uh, I think I didn't allow myself that like quiet and stillness because leading up to the pandemic, I had a much busier social life. I had the much larger, I would say friend group. Then the pandemic happened. Friends had to (laughs) become this thing we used to talk about. And I got busy with school and doing things online. And so now I'm like, my friend group has become a little more small, a little more intimate, but I enjoy it because it's just, there's a lot more stillness and quiet in my life. And I think Becky from three, four years ago, like 26 year old Becky would look at me and be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? It's Friday night. Get out, go do something. Oh my gosh, you don't have makeup on. Get ready. And now I'm like, it's Friday. And if it was two weeks ago and I had my bike, I'm like, it's Friday. I'm going to go for a bike ride by myself, come home, watch a movie, maybe when Harry met Sally and then go to bed. (laughs) So I think I'm just finding a little bit more like peace and stillness where before I felt like I needed to fill every moment with something and with someone and with noise. And now I'm like, okay, I'm taking this at my own pace. I'm doing okay. That feels like that relates so much to the idea of healing your inner child, because healing your inner child, I think, really means being okay with you. And if you're okay with you, you can have quiet time with your own company. It doesn't need to move at a fast pace. Like You still value other people, but you can be alone. You can have your own quiet time. You don't have to keep running, because I do this sometimes, to keep running, to keep from like being alone. Like That can be an easy trap to fall into. Yeah, almost like needing to like fill your life with like people and noise to feel like you're not alone. And like you'd mentioned, like being single ladies, I'm like, okay, I am. And so I'm going to make peace with it. And I think another thing, like earlier this week, I was just having a really bad like body image day. And I was like, I know this isn't forever, but it's what I'm feeling right now. And so I like allowed myself to feel it. And I made a very conscious like self-talk moment where I was like okay like you're allowed to feel not at home in yourself and you're allowed to feel how whatever these feelings are but you're not allowed to use any negative words to describe your body or how you see yourself and so it almost like put myself back in that like grade seven grade eight shoes when I had a bike and I had a biker gang and I had such a large group of friends and I was being very critical of myself and then fast forward to 28 year old Becky had a bike air quotes because I will have one again (laughs) I just returned it because it was getting to be winter. And now, rather than being critical of myself, I allow that inner child, I allow myself to feel the feelings, but I don't allow myself to criticize. Because in my opinion, the words that I like to tell myself are like, I'm doing the best that I can. And that's all that I ask of myself. And that's all that I ask of my body. And so I would never be hard on little baby Becky. I'd never be hard on my child self. So I'm not going to be hard on myself now. So do you have anything you're looking forward to like trying out in the winter? Because I'm thinking you might like plan ahead a little bit. And I'm also thinking that if your biking has been so good that maybe you're thinking you've got to find a winter thing to help yourself get through. Every winter I try and every winter I end up in pain. But I own figure skates. I'm not a figure skater. I should have just said I own skates because it's there's not fancy. There's nothing fancy. There's no like triple axles or like lutzes or anything so I own skates we'll just take figure off of the front and every winter I tell myself it'll be the winter I get like really comfortable on them and my feet stop cramping up and every winter my feet continue to cramp up but 
what's nice about being in Canada and good old fashioned Canadian winters is we have an ice rink in every neighborhood, like just an outdoor free to use ice rink. I'm going to find the ice rink in this neighborhood and I'm going to try to skate at least once a week because <laughs> normally it's like twice a month. But it's nice. I love being outside as much as I can. And I love the summer spending like less time on my devices because I was outside more, like just by nature of biking more. I was like, oh, I have a lot less like noise. I have a lot less anxiety and worked upness about everything else. I'm just sometimes not thinking anything at all. And so I want to make sure I'm spending as much time outside in the winter, which probably looks like skating. My sister actually just moved to Edmonton with her family and she's fallen in love with her neighborhood. And she was telling me that she really wants to get snowshoes so she can continue to do like her neighborhood walks. And she lives on like a forest ravine. So I think I'm going to get talked into doing some snowshoe hikes through her neighborhood. So yeah, I think that's kind of it. My nephews are here now with her and her family. So I think tobogganing is also in my future as the winter approaches. It sounds like you're going to have a really good winter i hope it's a very good i hope it's the winter of skating for you the summer of <laughs> biking so. followed by the winter of skating i can become like a skater girl Ooh, sounds scary <laughs> but i could try i love that so much for you and is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up no honestly i was just like so thrilled that you wanted to chat with me i haven't been on someone's podcast before so i was like <gasps> me oh, i feel honored i was so excited but no, I'm just honestly, it was such a thrill to be here. And I love chatting with you, Maddie. Before we wrap up, do you want to just share where people can find you on the internet again? Yeah, totally. So like I said, my name is Becky. You can find me at Becky underscore Smitty. That is Becky, B-E-C-K-Y underscore Smitty, S-M-I-T-Y. And if you have any interest in my ramblings, <laughs> you can find me on my podcast page. Hey, I like you underscore podcast. Awesome. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Maddie. I hope you have a great night. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much to Becky for your time. Please take a moment to rate and review. All you have to do is tap five stars in Spotify or an Apple podcast. You can also write a review if you want, but this is what helps other people find the podcast and it helps me to grow an audience and connect with more guests and so I can bring you more interesting conversations. You can find me on Twitter at Madeline K. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Not A Backup Plan. You can find me on Patreon and support this work there as well. And in the meantime, remember... This is your life. It's not a plan B.